Hi, everyone. Welcome to Let's Be Social. Today, I have a very special guest on. Her name is Sheila Sutherland. She is a speaker, educator, and coach, and she's based in Canada. And um, she has about 20 years experience in science and education. And um, I'm very happy to bring her on the show and talk to her. So thank you for coming. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited for our conversation today. Yeah. Um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started into your path of speaking, educating and becoming a coach and everything. That's a, that's a long story, <laughs> but I'll try to give you the very, very tiny version of it. So originally I was a high school math and science teacher. So I taught uh, senior biology and, you know, pretty well all, all levels of math. But then there was, uh, I ended up going through a trauma. I ended up losing my house to a fire oh. and I read at Christmas time, you know, of all times. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I had already kind of been at a, a, a maxed stressed state, you know, not realizing really what I was doing to myself. You know, I was constantly one of those people who was, oh, I'm just going to keep pushing on. I'm good. I'll just leave it. I'll do it later, you know, kind of thing. Not realizing that the levels of stress were piling on layer by layer by layer. So when this fire happened, my whole body just shut down. And I actually ended up being diagnosed with a chronic illness that caused me to have to leave my career. And in doing that, I I completely lost my identity because I that's my whole identity was wrapped around my brain and what I was doing in the classroom. And all of a sudden, like overnight, it was gone. And I was kind of left, kind of felt like rudderless. Like I was just kind of out there not knowing what way to turn, who I was, what was I going to do? What does life mean at this point? So it started me down this path of asking a lot of hard questions and being super honest with myself, which I know there could be some people out there that being really, truly being honest with yourself is tough. Yeah, You know, it's really easy to, to tell ourselves stories and to kind of, you know, lie to ourselves and, oh no, everything's fine. No, actually it's not. And it's going to, and it shows up in ways. And for me, it really showed up in my health. And so I say this, that, oh, that, that whole path of now being diagnosed with this chronic illness, being diagnosed with PTSD, those are some pretty heavy labels to all of a sudden be thrown upon me and not knowing what that meant. So I had to start searching for answers, start searching for the people who could help me unpack a lot of this. And as someone who always was very independent and I'm still very independent. Like I do everything on my own. You know, I kind of brought up with that whole thing. If you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. So, but I had to kind of learn to accept help. And I almost think that's, it's a daily thing that I have to keep reminding myself that I can't go through this thing called life all by myself. I, I, I need people by my side. I need people in my corner. I need to have those cheerleaders in my life. And so I started searching for those to help me direct myself onto this new path. Okay. Um, and did you find that challenging to go from not really knowing what to do to finding those people, finding your tribe, so to speak? It can be. 
you know, because it's like I say, you're making a, a huge shift in your character of no, I'm good. I don't need anybody to, you know what? I actually really do. <laughs> and and you know, that that act of of simply asking, I mean, it it sounds really easy, but when you've never done it, it can be a super big challenge. And so I, I, I get it for anyone who may be listening that they're like, oh no, I can't do that. You know, I get it. I've been there, you know, and, and some days I still struggle with it, but I have to, you know, keep reminding myself that it is the best for me. And, you know, because I'm one of those people who I feel like my purpose here on life is to help to help people in some way. I mean, that's what I was doing in the classroom, help educating, help getting these kids on their path to who knows what they're going to do as an adult. But I've always been in a, in a helper kind of role, no matter what I've done in life, you know, I can look at it and go, yeah, I was, I was always trying to do that. But to be able to do that properly and efficiently and to the level that I want to, I have to take care of me first. And that, so that was another big lesson, right? Because I never took care of myself first. I wasn't on my priority list, please. And I think a lot of women, I see you, you know, nodding your head. Like you're like, yeah, I get that. You know, a lot of women, we, we take care of everybody else. Yeah. Make sure they're happy, right? Make sure they're taken care of. And then we don't even think about ourselves at all. But I had to, I had to have that mind shift of if I don't take care of me, then I can't take care of anybody else. And if that's what I really want to do, and that's my why, and that's my purpose in life, I have to take care of me first. I think that is the biggest thing that people have to realize is women so easily get lost in everything else. And it's really difficult sometimes to take a step back in your own life and look at things and realize that oh, you know, I, I haven't been looking after myself and I need to make a, myself a priority too. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. Even now, they still don't. They're just so busy doing their job. And and women are taking on more and more all the time, yes. right? Um, in their careers and everything and children. And it, it's a handful. And uh, to be able to yeah. step back and realize that you needed to do that is it's pivotal. It's a pivotal moment. And, you know, and it really, I think it probably changes you in a way so that you can be more effective for others. So how did you go from that point to, because you said you were a teacher. So obviously, you're still in the capacity of educating. And you're still in the capacity of coaching because you coach, you would be coaching children too in a teacher um, position. So how did you go from taking that moment of looking after yourself to looking after others and coaching others and educating others and stepping into that role. Well, initially when I had to step away, you know, like I, I said, I, I, I didn't know who I was if I didn't have my label as being a teacher. And I think that's another kind of trap that a lot of us fall into is that we completely and totally identify with our labels and the roles that we play each day. But I learned very quickly and very harshly that those labels can be taken away. And if that's what our identity is wrapped around, we're left with nothing. And so I had to first figure out who I was. And that may sound kind of 
kind of silly to say, how do you not know who you are? But I, I seriously had to go through this process of almost like dating myself. You know, I had to, you know, take myself out, you know, and, you know, go to a movie. What kind of movie do I like? Do I enjoy this? Do what kind of music do I like? And really start testing different waters and, and testing, going to different events and socials and, and we're just really seeing who I was and what brought a sense of joy to me, because I, like I say, I was always trying to get that, that happiness, getting that joy from outside of myself, not realizing that I could actually cultivate it on my own. And then once I started actually seeing that this could happen, like I, you know, I, you know, say coming from a science background, I like to create, kind of use me as an experiment. So I was constantly putting myself into situations just to see, oh, let's see what happens here kind of thing. And, and then kind of debriefing afterwards. And I kind of realized that some of the things that I was missing and things that I really needed in my life. And then I kind of went, I can't be the only person like this. And so I started talking to people and realizing I'm not alone. A lot of people do feel exactly the same way I felt, but they don't, you know, they don't say it outwardly because they're, they're, there's fear. There's fear of people, you know, making them feel guilty, making them feel embarrassed, having, having some sort of shame, like how you should know this, you should know better kind of, you know, all the shoulds. Yeah. right that end up being thrown upon us so we we suffer in silence and behind closed doors and th that i was tired of doing that it didn't feel good and i thought this is not what life is about and so i instead of being the the person in the classroom you know teaching children i thought i think there's some adults out there that need a different type of education because I, I didn't know where I was going for it. And I started looking and I'm like, there's got to be other people that are looking for this too. And so finally I started, and I don't know if it was kind of like, this just wasn't on my radar, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden, once I really started looking, I started finding it. I started finding the workshops. I started finding the programs. I started finding the coaches that helped me on the path. And then I went, okay, this feels really good. And I would love to be able to do this for other people. So then that's when I started doing a lot of my training and in educating, because I mean, Lord knows I love to educate myself more than anybody. So I go, I'm a lifelong learner. So I'm always looking for new things to learn. And just thinking that, you know, if I can help people shorten that path to help them get to where they can cultivate that happiness in their life and know that they have the power in their hands to do it and teach them tangible skills, you know, not just theory, but and just go, Oh, just do this because no, here's, here's why you do it. Here's what, what happens in your body when this is happening. Uh, like I love the neuroscience of things of, you know, when my emotions are going all, all kilter, what's going on? Why can't I think of, of solutions? Well, I can tell you that. I can tell you exactly what's going on in your body to help you understand. And I think when we know that it's so much easier to make that change and seeing the, the results that my clients get is like, it's like the, 
best high that I think anybody could ever get, right? Because you you almost literally see that light bulb go on over their head and they're like, get it. I get why this isn't working for me. I know what I need to do. And watching them do that change and then hear afterwards how, you know, my, my family is wondering what's going on with me. I'm showing up so differently and they're wondering why I'm so happy. And, and I'm like, yes, that's awesome that it's, it's showing up and how you're just, how you're showing up in the world. And if more of us could do that, wouldn't, wouldn't society look completely different? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and through all that, um, have you developed courses and um, anything like that? Or is it one-on-one? I've mostly done one-on-one. I mean, is that I've, I've played with the idea of, oh, I'm going to send everybody through this step and this step and this step. But I realize everybody's different. Yeah. Right. You can't. One of the things that kind of angered me when I was going through my process is coming into people and practitioners that tried to fit me into a box. And I went, but that that's not who I am. Like I may need parts A and E, but I don't need all the rest in between. So I, I tried that for a little while and realized it just doesn't work. You can't put people into boxes. You have to meet them where they are. And so anytime someone works with me, it's going to be something that is unique to them. You know, I'm not here to make you form what I think you should be. I'm here to help guide you and help be by your side in the goals that you want and where you see yourself. You know, because if, if you're doing something just to please me, <laughs> that's not going to be lasting. You know, we want lasting change. If we're going to do this and we're going to invest in ourselves, you know, you have to have the buy-in. You have to have, you know, what you're looking for, not what I want. So like I say, so my, my intentions of working with people is, is meeting them where they are and getting them to the goals that they want. Now, in regards to courses, I've, I've, I've played with the idea. Uh, I'm still working on maybe doing some, I have a, like probably 18 of them in my head that I really need to get out and add them out of there and on paper and actually do it. Yeah. But I do do one workshop called O shift. And it's something that when I work with someone through that, it is just, it's learning how we can, they say, take our power back and shift our emotions. Because a lot of times we are and our society kind of lends us to this, that we get caught up in this knee-jerk reaction. Something happens, I react like now. You know, something, somebody says something on social media, I'm right away that keyboard warrior that's, you know, I got I to answer back. I got to, you know, I got to have my shots back. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that doesn't lead us into the result that we would prefer. You know, and then we got to do a lot of backtracking and we got to do damage control and that especially in relationships that's not fun and and sometimes this can be it can be really damaging and it's sometimes it's hard to come back from so i now through the o shift i i teach people very simple strategies of how we can stop that knee-jerk reaction before it hits and then that way we can we can consciously create the positive outcome that we actually want and, you know, it sometimes that sounds like it'd be, oh, it's going to take me 10 minutes of conversation in my head. It really, it happens like little microseconds that we can make these decisions and just shift ourselves, you know, because we're not, I think when people think about change, we're thinking about big, grandiose 
uh, you know, differences that we're making in our life, we only need to make that 1% shift. And, you know, you think of a plane, when it takes off, it has a heading. But if somebody changes that dial just by 1%, they're going to end up in a completely different country than they had originally planned on. So those tiny little incremental changes that we can make consistently, and that consistent being the opt word there, we can make in the in the long run, those become huge changes. They multiply upon themselves. So we're not looking for making this big 180 shift all at the all at once. Mm -hmm. But a year from now, you can look back and go, okay, wow, that that did make a huge difference. That that tiny little change I made each day. So it's having that little bit of patience too. Everyone wants would love to have that, you know, that one and done magic pill. And I wish I could give that to people because Lord knows I would like some of that in some of the, in some situations in my life. That's not reality, right? But it, it's it's making those little changes that that end up adding up into huge things in the end. Yeah, I think it's important too because um, I like I like what you said how you meet people where they're at, and um, based on what they want to accomplish rather than having someone else tell you what you should be focusing on. Yeah. Right. And I think no, nobody wants to be told what to do. Right. I mean, I know if someone does that to me, I, I know I have a kind of a stubborn rebellious nature. I can feel that rise up and go, I don't think so. Yeah. Even though I, they, what they could be telling me, it would be really good for me, but because it's, they're telling me to do it. It's almost like, it's almost like that parent child interaction. And you're like, no, I don't want to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah. you know, kind of thing. And it is no, so it's, that's kind of a, I, I think kind of like the art behind coaching is being able to ask the right questions, being able to pull out of somebody, what is it that you truly want for yourself? And how can I help you get there? Yeah. And I also think the point that you made about the labels, yeah. we all live in labels, even our name is a label. Yeah. So when you think about um, when you actually propose a question, who am I? Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm B, I'm, I'm Barb Hamilton. I'm, this is what I am. I'm a nurse. I'm this, I'm that. But really when you dive deeper, you're, you're a lot more than those yes. labels that you put upon yourselves and what others see you as, but it's such a hard thing to dive into. It can be like you say, just even like when you look at like simply your name, because, you know, it's something that wasn't, you didn't have a choice. It was chosen for you. Yeah. And a lot of times when parents choose names for their children, there's a lot of history behind that name. Like maybe it was your grandmother's name or it was your favorite aunt on, you know, whatever side. Right. So you almost feel like you, you've come into this world carrying this weight of this isn't even mine. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've heard lately of a, a lot of kids, you know, getting into their teenage years and kind of going, no, I want to choose my own name. And I have to, you know, part of me is like, what, that's crazy. And then I'm like, no, okay, I got to, I got to shift that too. It's like, no, I get it. You know, I don't feel like a Diane. I feel like a, you know, a Katie, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it, it, it is, it's kind of, it's an interesting concept. I mean, I, I actually kind of dabbled in that for a little while of wondering if I was going to 
you know, change the spelling of my name because I didn't like, I always was always tired of people messing up the spelling <laughs> in my name. But then I, when I was going to change it to something else, I was like, oh God, people are going to have a worse time with that one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm just going to keep it as is. But you have to do what what really, what is really weighing on your heart, yeah. right? And listening to your intuition. Like we, I used to, I kind of kind of grew up thinking that intuition was for special people, that only, only certain people had that gift. Mm-hmm. And through this process, I learned we all have intuition. We all have that inner voice. We've just sometimes, somewhere along the way, we learned how to stop listening to it. Or we were never taught how to in the first place. And when I really started really focusing on learning to listen to that, learning to actually feel it in my body, like, what is it, you know, am I feeling it in my chest? Am I feeling it in my stomach? Or this doesn't feel right. Start asking myself some of those questions. Okay, why doesn't this feel right? What's, What's not in alignment here for me? And figuring that out so either I can make the shift to make it align or realize I'm in a situation that just isn't for me and I need to leave it and and go to somewhere else you know because i being what i call it a recovering people pleaser i never wanted to say no to anybody i never want oh like that might make them feel uncomfortable i don't want to upset anyone but i was doing it at the detriment to myself and realized that wasn't serving me in any way and you know what i can say no to people and they can still like me that was like, wow, that actually works that way. You know, they don't mind me saying no, or they get it. They understand. And once I realized, you know, people aren't going to hate me for saying no or going, you know what? No, that's, that's not right for me right now. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it took a lot of weight off of me making some of my decisions and setting the boundaries that I needed in my life. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit? Cause we, we touched on the self-care, um, concept. And I think that's so important for so many people in, in everyday life that you, you were talking about, um, I I'd read in your bio, you have seven pillars of yeah. self-care. Can you talk a little bit about that just for our listeners? Cause I know that a lot of people do, they might do like a little bit of self-care, but I, I, I think people don't realize how important it is. It is. And you know what I find in today's society, it's almost become a buzzword. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, self-care, self-love, like yada, yada, yada kind of thing. And it's like, no, but we really need to do that because, again, if nobody takes care of us, like if nobody, if we don't take care of ourselves, nobody else will. Yeah. You know, I'm res- I'm responsible for this, this body, this soul that I've been given during this time that I'm here on earth. And how am I going to treat it? But I think when most people think of self-care, we think of the physical because that's the tangible. That's what we can touch, feel, you know, we can, we, we can really dive into that, you know, so we can go and get those massages. We can, you know, get our haircuts. We can care for our body. We can do the exercise and the, the hydration and the nutrition. But I have found that we can be doing all the right things physically but we're still not happy, yeah. but we're, we're still in turmoil. We're still not healthy at the core. So for me, self-care is more than that. So I have four of my pillars are cons- what I consider inner pillars, 
So yes, physical, very important. You know, we, we can't not do those, Mm -hmm. but what are you doing for yourself mentally? You know, over this time of COVID mental health became much more on our consciousness and awareness. And so, you know, what are we doing to nurture ourselves mentally? What are you putting into your mind? What are you listening to? Who are you being around? You know, that is, you know, energetically, what are you getting from them? You know, uh, emotionally, are we honoring our emotions? Are we stuffing them down? You know, are we trying to numb them out by using substances so I don't have to feel? Yeah. You know, because we've, I think a lot of times too, we, feelings themselves can be a little scary because there's, there's a meaning behind them. There's a message. There's something in there that's trying to tell us. And a lot of times we don't want to hear it. So we want to numb those down. Eventually they're going to come out in some way and sometimes not in the best way. So let's honor those. And then there's spiritual. What, what are you doing for yourself spiritually? Now, some people like, oh, I'm not religious. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to go to church every day. You know, you define what spirituality is for you. Spirituality is, is just knowing that you're not alone, that you're connected in some way to something bigger than yourself. Like volunteering is actually a spiritual act because you're giving to somebody else. You're doing random acts of kindness. That's actually a spiritual act. So what are you doing to be part of that collective to put something good out into the universe? And then quickly, just what I consider my outside pillars. So I have the social pillar. Again, we are social beings. And who, who are we spending our time around? You know, there's that that saying of, you know, we're the combination of the five people that we spend the most time around. Who are those five people? Are they lifting you up or are they tearing you down in some way? How do you feel when you're around them? So that's like the big question you ask yourself. Uh, Another one is going to be around our career, you know, or business. You know, am I, is my career just to pay the bills or am I putting energy in it that I can enjoy the process of it each day? And do I need to have a, a side gig that is something more in regards to a hobby that I re- that truly lights me up? Like there's many ways that we can interject a certain nurturance and self-care into that side of our life. And then the last one I would talk about is around your security. You know, what are what am I doing to ensure that my future is going to be okay? Because a lot of people get a lot of anxiety thinking about their future selves. So we, but we can set up things in the now to ensure that like, am I, you know, do I have insurances in place that I need? Am I getting the, the medical test done every, you know, every year that I need to, so I'm sure that I'm taking care of myself. Like there's a way to ensure this safety and security within our life. So I know that was a very quick <laughs> touch on all seven of those, but if anyone wants to know more, uh, yeah, definitely get a hold of me, but there is. Self-care isn't a surface thing. It really is something that we want to dive into all the different aspects of your life. And it's just about putting that little bit of nurturing and, you know, mothering and love into each one of those sections of our lives to ensure that no matter what happens in life, because Lord knows life loves to throw us curveballs, that I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm okay, no matter what life throws at me. I will be fine. Yeah. And that also has a positive effect on your brain. Oh my goodness. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it really does hit in what we call like the, the emotional centers. And when we have that safety and security is a big one, right? Like we say, when we don't have, when we don't feel safe in our bodies, when we don't feel safe in our, in our social units in, or within our families, like that really does trigger that threat center in our brain, which causes our cortisol levels to spike. And when we're in that chronic state of stress, which I think a lot of us are, and I'm one of them, that's one of the reasons uh, that's part of the the chronic illness that I'm dealing with is because I was dealing with stress for so long and not, not dealing with it properly. Yeah. It really affects our health overall. And when we, do, I've come to realize the hard way, if we don't have our health, you know, we don't have anything. And again, if I don't have my health, I can't be there for the people that I want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've been there too. I mean, I've, I've been there in the fight or flight response and <laughs> bless <me>. you <laughs> and the, the chronic, that, that chronic feeling, um, so, and I think everyone at some point in their lives has probably been there too. And um, certainly you've touched on so many important um, points and topics. And I'm sure it one of the topics or many resonates with people that are listening today. And um, I, I just want to thank you for, you know, your insight and coming on here and having a good conversation and um how can people connect with you if they want to get some coaching or if they would like to have you as a speaker or if they would like to have you you know as an educator how, how can they get a hold of you sheila sure uh that well the quickest is probably email okay. so sheila h sutherland at gmail.com or get a hold of me through instagram or uh facebook uh, either personally or as reignite your purpose. Okay, that's great. Yeah, because I mean, coaching now, people, so many people, there's coaches for so many different things nowadays, but I think it's the most important is to have a personal coach and, and get you through your hurdles that you're dealing with in your daily life. And exactly. I think people really need to realize that they need to be able to choose themselves and it's okay. It's okay to choose you. It's okay to spend time on yourself. Well, you know, there's a meme that I, I see every once in a while. Excuse me again. It's okay. Hmm. That says, if I was to list all the things that I love, how long would it take before I put myself on that list? Yeah. And when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, wow. I, I it didn't even come to my mind put me on that list and now it's like I have to have me at the top because yeah. without that like I say I just I, I can't do the things that I, I know I'm meant to do without it good point and so many people nowadays are searching for their happiness in another person mm -hmm. rather than realizing that the happiness comes from themselves first yeah. right yeah it, I mean it's a skill and it's a skill, yes. but it's a skill I can teach you um, because, it, you know, I love those soft skills that that are in our power. You know, we just have to ask the right questions and then we can build it up. Perfect. Well, I'm going to leave it there and um, I'll have to have you on again because that is such a such a deep and insightful conversation that, 
you know, we could probably talk for hours. Easily. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing your experience and thank you for coming on here. I'll put all of your social contacts on the description and I'll share on my YouTube channel and uh, across my social media. Awesome. And um, thank you, Sheila, for coming on. And um, it was a pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you opening up your show and all your listeners to have me here. I, it was a great part of my day. Thank you. Thanks so much.